0: Welcome back everyone. I'm Tony Brown and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey everybody, what's going on? Today is Wednesday. It's the 20th of February 2019. We are once again in the mobile studio. Let's go ahead and get our contact info posted. I do have the voicemail which is area code 206-745-2731. There is also an email address which is firearmscafe at com. All one word, firearmscafe at com. And feel free to record your own audio or write an email and I'll get that out for you on the show. Over on the website, which is firearmscafe.com, there are buttons for Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And if you like the show and would like to give me a little bit of financial support, there is a PayPal donation button there as well. All right, let's talk a little bit about some behind-the-scenes stuff and maybe a little bit of how the sausage is made. So anyway, I actually have segments from last week that I did from the 13th. And... But I have yet to... I've got those in the computer, but I still need to edit them and sort of stitch them together and get that out for you. I'm hoping to be able to get that out for you guys maybe on the next day or so. So, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, by the time you hear this, of course, you'll have already heard uh, heard the episode. So we're doing a little bit of time warp stuff. Kind of like what we did on the last episode. So a little bit of the uh what does it call it? Maycopa where I haven't been able to get the Firearms Cafe shows and segments out as quickly as I would like. So this the new year has started off a little rocky. However, I am still planning on doing at the very least two episodes of Firearms Cafe per month and that will be the minimum. And I'll try to do more. And I'm at the same time, as many of you guys who listen to this show, I am, have, and have got some segments recorded and in the computer, again, waiting to be edited and stitched together for the armed eight. And I'll be able to start releasing those as well. And again, uh, just as, as some previews of some, uh, of things to come on there. Sid and I recorded a show the other day. We did an episode of uh, black mirror from the first season. I've got, uh, I think uh, at least three other, what I would term maybe full episodes that are uh, again, just need to be edited and stitched together. And once I have sort of the bulk of the show in the computer, all I'll need to do is just record maybe a quick intro And and maybe a quick outro or something like that. I don't know. We'll have to kind of see how that goes and how that stuff kind of plays out. So anyway, that's uh, kind of behind the scenes stuff. Kind of what you can expect, hopefully, from this upcoming year. As far as Armed Ape goes, we'll kind of jump over there a little bit. I do have some... uh, I was going to say commitments, but I guess maybe confirmation is probably the better term as far as having some maybe guest co-hosts or semi-regulars on the show. Sid is always willing to do it when time allows for him and our schedules can kind of mesh up. Uh, Ken, who's been on the show with me before, is is willing to do it again as time allows and when schedules can mesh up. And then also I got a, a confirmation from Nick, a friend of mine, that uh, uh, he used to do the new Shooter podcast and uh, he's He's said that he'd be willing to come on. So hopefully between me and those three other guys, we can at least be able to get some stuff going and out there for you. And and you'll at least be able to have some content uh, that's there too. So let's go ahead and talk. We'll we'll jump away from that and we'll talk a little bit about some uh, gun stuff that's going on and some of the plans that I have. On the last show, I talked a little bit about what I want to do is go out and get some footage for uh, for YouTube, for me, maybe shooting my VersaMax for you guys, and so I still am planning on doing that. Again, behind the scenes stuff. As far as well, most of the places that I used to go that were, and this is kind of like a quote unquote relatively close. Or I could just sort of go out into the desert, I could set up a camera, I could do kind of whatever. And, uh, or even if I wasn't filming stuff, I could just go out for myself and, and practice and run some drills and things like that. Those places, almost every single one of them is gone. And by gone, I mean that they have closed them down to shooting because most of that stuff was public land, it was BLM stuff, and it's, it's just gone now. You can't go there anymore. Now it used to be in some of these same areas, there were like a couple of acres of land that were, and this would have been a few years ago, that would have been maybe three, $4,000. And they backed up against a mountain or something like that. But they were basically just out in the middle of nowhere. I had I had thought, well, maybe I would buy something like that and be able to go out and then I could shoot on my own property and there's nothing out there, even now I go out there and there's nothing out there, but of course just with, as time marches on, the price of things kind of go up um, so it, it got, it's, it's probably the price is now to a point to where it really wouldn't be feasible, and some people will say, well man, would you drop that, you know a, a ton of money like that on just property that maybe doesn't really have too much value and you could always say, well, land is land and they only make so much, you know, only so much of it's made. And so even if it's kind of in the middle of nowhere now, maybe 20 years from now, it's actually worth something. Or maybe 20 years from now, it's still uh, barren and desolate and and isolated and all this other stuff. So, uh, and part of that has to do with some of this land that's out here is there is no infrastructure there so there's no there's no electricity there's no water there's no trash there's no nothing so if you were to go out there you pretty much would be going off grid Uh, and and every once in a while i still kind of get the oh get the itch and i think well you know something like that wouldn't be a bad idea Uh, you know i could probably always sell it for at a minimum what i paid for it especially you know if, if if it's a property that's just sat there for years and years I could probably get it for a pretty fair price. But anyway, all that nonsense to just say that a lot of the uh, the stuff where I used to go that was open land, it's all posted up. You can't go there anymore. You can't shoot there anymore. And a lot of the places I used to go, other places to be, other people, excuse me, to be fair, were going there. But they weren't trashed and they weren't dogged out or anything like that. But it's basically the deal where, you know, once... BLM and once the government can close something off, they do it, and they they start it off usually by by closing it off maybe to uh, uh, to vehicle traffic, and then they close it off to shooting, and then they close it off to hiking, and then you know, and it's all this, and then basically, as you never can use it ever again, which is at its core nonsense, and you know, probably should is probably something that goes against the tenets of having public land. Public land is supposed to be there so that the public can go and use it. Uh, But then you get these bureaucrats that have ulterior motives or have... um, And and sometimes it's just as simple as an anti-gun political agenda and they know that this is a way that they can... Oh... Strike a blow, I guess. And, you know... uh, some people would say, well, you know, there's there are public ranges. Why don't you go there and support, be a member, stuff like that, and you can drive out there. That is true, and I probably should go back and join up, uh, join the, um, oh, what is it, the Rio Salado. Gun Club would be the one that's a, a big open range, an outdoor range. That's, again, relatively close to me. It's, it's kind of a jog, but... Once you go up there and once you join, I used to be a member there, uh, but I found that I, my yearly dues were actually more money than than if I would have if I was just paid each time that I went. Um, and there are some other things, and you know, I don't know. Maybe if I do that and I, I really kind of concentrate on taking advantage of some of the other things that those ranges offer uh, so that the gun club offers i do there are sometimes when i like indoor ranges but generally i prefer outdoor ranges Uh, i've spoken before about how there is in uh, casa grande there is a public range and it's just an open range there are no range officers there you just sort of go and you sort of do you know whatever you're going to do there I've never had a bad experience there, uh, but again, it is a, a trek for me to get down there from where I live, and what's happened is because a lot of the desert areas have, are closed off, unless you go sort of at the right time, it's, it's getting to be where it's more crowded there, and it used to be I could go and I could have sort of a pistol bay maybe to myself, and for the hour or two that I was going to be there, there were, there were always other people, uh, but now it's, 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 it's getting more and more crowded, even when you're going on, you know, quote unquote, the right days or the right times. Um, and this time of the year, it's super windy out there and it's kind of cold a little bit. And I'd still go and do that. You know, you just put on a jacket and a little beanie or something and you're fine. But um, again, it it's, it's a track and you sort of have to plan the day out for it and all this other stuff uh, so again a lot of that stuff to talk about uh, why I would even consider having my own land because then you have if you have your own land and I'd even thought about maybe going in on it with somebody but a couple of the guys that we had talked about doing that I they don't I don't think they were really serious about pulling the trigger and then I uh, know pun intended but and then you get the thing of, well, what happens if somebody wants to sell their stuff or there's a falling out, which I wouldn't, really wouldn't envision. But what happens if something like that does happen? You know, I, the type of person that I am, I kind of want to have a plan for certain things. So, And especially if it's something like, you know, land and ownership. I would rather have it would be me that I would own the land on, and then I would just say, "Well, hey, you guys can go and use it whenever you want. Um, just clean it up when you're done, you know, that type of thing." So, you know, that may be uh, another mini segment that I'll do. Uh, and in fact, I'm gonna I'm uh, I'm arriving at my destination, so I'm gonna call this short. But maybe that's the next uh, the next bit here. I'll look at some land and see kind of what's out there. Uh, And again, I, for those of you guys that don't know, I'm out in uh, in Arizona, out in the uh, uh, Phoenix area. So, alright guys, I am going to uh, sign off for now. I'll talk to you here in a couple of seconds. Hey amigos, you've been time warped a little bit. I've only got about maybe 10 minutes to do a quick recording here. I'll give you a little bit of behind the scenes it is actually raining it's been raining quite a bit and you may, I don't know if you'll be able to hear the little pitter patter on the uh, in the truck over the noise of the engine running but anyway one of the reasons I mentioned the rain is I had planned on going out and doing a little bit of filming for you guys I was going to maybe do some versamax shooting but of course the uh, the rain kind of changed that for me the other day we were talking a little bit about look you know some land or or doing things like that uh, and one of the reasons I, I look at that is when I see stuff on YouTube or full 30 or things like that and I see somebody that has their own land and they're able to go on it and shoot I am very envious of that I haven't had time to go out and look at some stuff but well I might even go out what I mean is go on the internet and sort of see if there's anything that is even out there that I would want that isn't an exorbitant price and so for me What I would want, if I could have my dream property, it would actually be sort of out in the middle of nowhere. And there there are parts around where I live, where, yeah, it's a bit of a drive to get out there, but there really isn't anything out there once you get there. And a lot of it is private land. But what I would like to have is maybe Oh, well, if we're if we're shooting for the moon, I'd want to have maybe about 3 to 5 acres that backs up to a mountain. And that way I've got sort of a natural backstop. But, and those properties are out there, but unfortunately, sometimes they're a little bit beyond what I wanted to pay. So anyway, kind of speaking about YouTube, I had I would like to get a little bit of feedback from some of you guys on do you think I should when I'm putting up the past episodes of the show on YouTube, it's a little bit more work to try and match up the pictures to what I'm talking about. It's not a ton extra work, but it would be a lot easier for me just to have like a couple of show logos and have those play out through the whole thing. I don't really get hardly any views on those at all. And then a little bit more behind the scenes stuff. The hosting service a while back had sent me that email saying, Oh, you're going to run out of, of space on here to host your files. And then I went on there yesterday and was looking around. I had to actually make a couple of little changes that were unrelated, but it looks like, unless I'm reading it totally wrong, it looks like I've got tons and tons of room left still. If you look at all the stuff that I've got on there, and mostly they're just audio files. So there's not like, you know, 14 terabytes of stuff. So I, I think I, I don't necessarily have to move stuff over. So I think I'm going to be able to leave the audio files up. And you'd always be able to get them through iTunes or any type of uh, whatever podcast app you use to listen to it with. And I'll do that as long as I can. But eventually, what I'd like to do too, as well, is I'd like to have all the shows, just as another, oh, backup or another housing to have, to have another place where somebody could go and get it. It also is a thing where it's kind of a, uh, a kick in the beanbag to YouTube a little bit, considering how anti-gun they are and all the stuff that they've done to the, uh, to make everything. Super hard for basically gun owners and pro Second Amendment people that aren't doing anything that's illegal, that aren't doing anything that's immoral or unethical. And, you know, they just decided, well, you know, screw you guys. We don't want you on here anymore. We're going to do pretty much whatever we can to get you off. And again, we're kind of rehashing old stuff here, but there is full 30. So I don't know. I mean, I've done some of the videos, uh, and that's another thing. I wouldn't invite you guys to go over, check out the YouTube stuff. I've got other things uh, other than gun stuff. I've uh, got a thing where I repaired a bicycle pump. I've got a thing where I've uh, installed a, a, a camera in the truck, and then I've got some... Then, of course, I've got some, a backup camera, and then I've got some gun stuff there as well, and I'm still planning on doing more gun stuff. And I do want to stay on YouTube as long as I, <clears throat> excuse me, as long as I can and sort of not necessarily push the envelope, but that's kind of what I'm doing a little bit with my AK project build. I'm pretty much done with it. If it were the old days, I would have shown a lot more detail. The videos probably would have been a little bit longer or maybe even chopped up into a couple more parts. Uh, the the last part of that video that i'm going to do is pretty much just me out shooting it and running it through its paces and then kind of asking the question well did the stuff that i do did it make it better did it you know make it I'll, i'll sort of do kind of like an armed ape review how i used to do back in the day where we're talking about well what do these mods do and did they make it better did they make it worse did it make it the same you know that type of stuff so, and I'm hoping, I probably I was hoping to get that done in the next couple of weeks. And maybe I still will be able to. And that way I can kind of at least put that one thing to bed. But I've also got the, which I've talked about before, I've got the Polymer 80 that I am going to the, I'm gonna take to the range. That I can do at an inside range. So maybe I'll do that. I might, you know, I might try and do that tomorrow, uh, which will be the 22nd. And I will run that i I got the uh, seventeen polymer 80 in the in the 17 model and i'll and my original intent, if you guys remember from past episodes, was that what I wanted to do was make that into a dedicated 22 uh, so that I can have a uh, and I ended up finding finally a threaded barrel so and uh, so I can run a suppressor on it and all that other stuff so it does, it does fit with the nine, with the nine millimeter slide, the 17 slide that will go on, but I haven't shot it with that yet. So I want to go and do that. When you are putting the advantage arm slide on there, which is the advantage arms uh, kit that I have for the Glock 17 to be able to shoot 22 long rifle, there are a little um, how the recoil spring and some of the other stuff is, is in there is a little different. And there are some extra parts that I need to, to do some clearancing on the on the frame of the polymer 80 and I may need to also uh, alter a little bit of the or widen out the slide stop notch that is on the advantage arms kit and if I do that I'll, I'll show you guys but like I said um, I will let you guys know kind of how that how that stuff goes Well, I think my time is coming to a close. I know I'm a little bit rambly. I wonder if you can guys hear, if you can hear the rain. I'm going to turn the truck off and see if you guys can hear it on the roof. You probably won't be able to. I'm going to sign off for now. I will probably come back and finish up and do a little bit of a segment tomorrow, especially if I can go to the range and shoot that. I will also try and get a little bit of footage and maybe throw that up on Instagram and probably Facebook as well. It will pretty much, eh, I don't know. It may be, it may be iPhone footage or it may be, I may be able to, uh, take my tripod and one of my old cameras in there and kind of go that way. So, all right, guys, I will talk to you in a couple of seconds, but mainly tomorrow. Hey everybody. Guess what? Once again, you have been time warped. It is Saturday, March the 9th. So it has been quite a few days since I, last recorded. I am once again in the mobile studio and I've got probably, oh, maybe a 15 minute or so, maybe 20 minute journey uh, to get home. So I figured I would go ahead and do the last segment here. All that stuff that I thought I was going to be able to do, I was not able to do. Too much other things kind of popped up and got in the way. Uh, And that's just. A lot of that stuff is just kind of, that's just the way that it is. So for me, let me recap a little bit of that stuff. And I, with the land, one of the things out where I live, a lot of the land out here, there's lots of open land, but a lot of it's either BLM stuff or it is a lot of it is reservation land. So depending on the tribes and all that type of stuff. And of course tribal land, They have all their own rules and all this other stuff, but, you know, generally you... And I don't know how it would be in other states, but generally out here, unless you're a member of the tribe, like a documented member of the tribe, I don't think you can own the land. I don't know, again, how it works as far as if you're a, a, a member of the tribe. Do you actually own that land, or is it something like how we have, where they make you pay taxes on it. and So realistically, with the property tax, you never own anything. You basically just rent it your whole life. So anyway, some of the land that is available out here in in my area, which is like around the Phoenix area, it is rather expensive. And again, that goes back to the stuff of a lot of it's BLM land or a lot of it is... Uh, reservation stuff or if you do find a place that is out kind of by where i live and where it would be an acre or two there's almost almost always a couple of of people that live out there now maybe they're one of five or six people that live in this area but the land that's available is is right next to them and a lot of times it's the people that, own that land. So if, you know, so for me again, wanting to go out and set up a shooting thing is rather difficult to do so because then you're going to be right next door to somebody, even if you're getting, you know, three to five acres. Now, if you go and you look at some places in Arizona that are up north, so in some of the northern counties, you can actually find Oh three to five acres and realistically if you made him an offer you know you could probably get about five acres of stuff for you know four or five thousand dollars probably so about a thousand dollars an acre and you could probably even get them down especially some of the stuff that's just been sitting there but unfortunately for me that would be very impractical I might as well just go down to the range in Casa Grande so, or the one that's kind of outside that area. Uh, which is a neat place, but again, a lot of the stuff is getting closed off, a lot of the stuff. And so a lot of times when you go down there, it's rather crowded. Uh, and especially this time of year when the weather is pleasant, out here, you more and more people are going out there, so it's a little bit tougher to go out there and kind of have a place to yourself. Uh, I've been out there a couple of times with my daughter, and usually if you're there with a little kid, Other people will kind of uh, sort of stray away from you. And I was in the pistol bays. And the way that the pistol bays are set up is there's three kind of concrete bitches. And you're in a, you know, basically a a great big, you know, U-shaped area with real high berms and everything. But generally, you know, people will kind of stay away. But, you know, if it's crowded and the guy wants to come over there, you know, maybe he goes over by you. But, you know, and it's a little bit more of a pain in the butt as far as... Maybe privacy stuff. And especially if I'm there with my daughter, I would generally like to have nobody else around so that nobody is going to act the fool. Now, again, the couple of times that I was there with my daughter, the guy that kind of showed up was an older gentleman. And, you know, he's not going to, he wasn't going to be screwing around or anything like that or doing anything unsafe. And, uh, in fact, the last time I was there uh, with my daughter, uh, the guy that came up, uh, to us, had a really nice rifle, probably about a four or five thousand uh, dollar high end rifle, and he was you know doing some stuff with that and had some really nice optics on there. So he, you could kind of tell he wasn't the type that was going to you know be screwing around on the range. And so had a nice talk with him. Anyway, that was a long time ago. So projects that I have sort of in the works are still kind of the same stuff. Again, it's just a matter of trying to find some time. Uh, So we covered some of the land, covered some of the projects, you know, trying to do that 22, uh, the the, uh, 22 that I've got. I'm still working on my actually my Ruger 1020, not 1022, my Ruger uh, 2245 light that I bought. There's a couple of things I want to do with that still. And then I will uh, hopefully be able to get some range reports on that. So let's kind of switch years on some of that stuff oh well I guess before we jump off with that and I can't remember it's been so long I can't remember if I talked about this so if I repeat myself uh, just sort of forgive me on that I want to take the uh, polymer 80 lower that I built for the 17 and I'll take my 17 slide out there and just kind of blast out a few rounds I will not go tomorrow because Sunday it'll be too crowded Maybe Tuesday of uh, this upcoming week, I might be able to sneak off and get out there for a little bit, blast out a few rounds, and um, just sort of see how it runs with the slide on there. And what I should do is a video, but again, I don't know if I have time, kind of illustrating some of the stuff uh, that I'm talking about as far as how the the Advantage Arms kit fits on there a little different because some of the internals are a little bit different So anyway, enough of that stuff. Let's talk a little bit about some of the legislative stuff that's going out here in Arizona. And a lot of times we focus on things that are happening in California, that are happening in Oregon, Washington. uh, Especially Washington and Oregon. A lot of these, these states, they've really kind of taken a few hard knocks here lately. Although I think it's in Oregon, there, there is some pushback on some of the stuff that, they, that they're doing. But out here in Arizona, the way that if you drive onto a school campus, let's say you're dropping your kid off every day, right? And I've, I've, I've talked about this before. But what they're doing now is they're trying to change the current law. So the current law says if you are in a vehicle and you're dropping off your kid and you go on school property, what you have to do prior to entering school property is you have to unload the firearm. And if you get out of your vehicle to go in, you can still have that firearm on school property. It just has to be unloaded and it needs to be out of sight. I cannot remember if it says it has to be in a locked container. I do not think that it does uh, if you're leaving the vehicle. So let's say you're going there for your kid's play or their football game or basketball game or volleyball or whatever, uh, that type of thing. You could leave it in your car. It just has to be out of sight. It can't be visible. So Uh, You would see some of those uh, every once in a while on Instagram or something like that, you'll see somebody that has a holster that's mounted to the side of their their console or something like that. Now, a lot, and and we'll get back to the law here, but let's kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent on should you store your firearm in your vehicle? And unless you have a way to where that is locked, uh, so if you have a safe in your vehicle that is in some way bolted down to the vehicle, or there's a, a thick cable lock that they're going to have to really work at, and it's not just something that oh, this is an opportunistic guy, and he smashed out your window and is just looking. Even if he found the thing, the guy is unlikely to have bolt cutters, things like that, that would be able to. If you had a like a smaller safe that you ran maybe through the under uh, the uh, seats, the the um, undercarriage of the seats in your car, run it, kind of weave it through all that metal. So. I have in my truck, I actually have, and I'm I, uh, pretty sure I talked about this with you guys before, but I have, it's, it's by a company called Locker Down, and it goes into the center console and it's bolted down in there to where then the bolts are long enough and go through and they're long enough. I suppose somebody, if they were really, really determined, but I mean, you are going to have to get in there with some type of power tools to be able to get that out because you'd have to rip the console out. You would have to then cut, to, just to get the thing open, you would then have to cut through the steel. And, it, you know, so I feel, I feel, excuse me, pretty safe in having it there. Uh, it's my console on the uh, vehicle that I have. I have a Toyota Tundra. And it is the console was was pretty big, so the safe that I got and put in there is pretty big. It's got a four a four uh, numerical tumbler lock, I guess. I don't know. It's probably the wrong thing I'm calling it. So the the chance of somebody actually getting the right combination just by random it's astronomical. It's hard enough if you have a 3, but once you have a 4 kind of dial type thing. Now, could somebody sort of break that off and get in? Again, yeah, they could, but it's it's going to be so much work that you're probably going to get caught or somebody's going to do something, you know, or you're going to go on to the next vehicle. Uh, So anyway, if you are going to leave your gun in your car, You've got it's got to be secure and it's got to be in there in a way either a safe like what I have or a small uh, what we call like handgun safe something that you can put in and hide and and weave it somehow through parts of the vehicle to where somebody can't remove that uh, that gun safe that you've got. So getting back to the law, getting back to the legislation, what they are trying to do is say, look, you. Can go onto the property and as long as the gun is secure so if it was on your person or if it was in a uh, safe or if it was in the glove compartment that was locked, you know the, uh, and again i don't i think that the glove compartment or something like that is a bad place to have it but even if they were saying if you had one of those side holsters that goes down onto the side of the console you know kind of down by where your legs are or underneath the dash a little bit my understanding would be that you could have that in the holster so you could have it in something like a safari land that mounts on there that has some retention so that if you got into an accident or you had to do some uh, you know some maneuvers or something like that the gun doesn't go flying out uh, so anyway they're they've changed that to where they're saying like as long as your the gun is secure you don't have to unload it to go on to the school grounds to drop your kid off or to pick your kid up if though however it's the same thing if you get out of the vehicle you the gun does have to be secured and out of sight which i agree with i think that's a a a good law Uh, gun safes and things like that are super cheap and you you can get them if you can afford and here's where some people might disagree with me but look if you can afford a, a handgun and you can afford to get a little handgun safe for $40, 50 and a real thick, secure cable lock that nobody's going to cut through easily. You know, so there's, there's ways. And I, so I, I am in agreement with that. And again, I'm in agreement with eventually, I think what will happen is once we get this, I think in the next couple of years. They're really going to start working on if you've got a, a concealed carry permit, so a CCW, which is what we have here in Arizona, that you would be allowed to enter the premises. Um, again, it'll eventually be there, I think, but it will have to do some baby steps, and they may have, they may do a thing where you take like a special. Um, You take a special training class or something like that and again i would be up for that because that at least gets your foot in the door Uh, also let's let's uh and i I can't remember the actual legislation thing but i have you know contacted all my representatives and this that and the other thing luckily the guys that are in my area that are my state reps are both pretty pro-gun there's a guy named uh, jd mesnard and he's been around for a long time in the past, he, he wasn't as when he first started. I don't think he was as pro-gun, uh, but he was never anti. He never voted uh, anti-gun stuff. You know when you look at these guys' voting records. So I'm I'm happy with him. He is sort of moving up through the uh, legislative body and is one of the senior people there. Um, so I you know I, I expect some good some good things from him in the future. Uh, And also some of my other guys that that we've got. Also, another thing that we're seeing, uh, again, here in Arizona, is one of the things that, and I I think it will pass, is they are saying, let's say that if you go into a government building, you go into a... um, Oh let's say it's the um, you're at one of the state parks and you go into you go into the uh, to the outbuilding that they have there or the welcome center and you've got a gun technically you're not supposed to be you're not supposed to do that and what they're what they're saying now is uh, it would go from a misdemeanor to basically a petty offense so that You would be able, you know, if, if you did get caught with it or you printed or something like that, and you're not going, and, and the, I know I'm kind of fumbling around here, but I'm also sort of paying attention to, to traffic a little bit, but um, it is a, a deal where if you, if you just basically walked in there or a sporting event actually let's use that let's let's use the sporting event uh, to, to make it a little easier so let's say you go to the baseball game you've got your gun they didn't you don't go through metal detectors or whatever and uh and then somebody catches you with it you bend over to you know pick up some popcorn or whatever or, or uh you know to catch a foul ball or something like that and they call the somebody sees it freaks out bring security over instead of it being a misdemeanor it would be just a petty offense and they could ask you to leave and then at that point you would say okay I'm I'm gonna go Uh, and probably that would be the end of it Uh, but if they did let's say involve the police or if it was police that was brought over and they decided for whatever reason if you were cooperative that they were gonna charge you it is it would be then uh, just a petty offense I think that will pass I also think that the idea of having not having to unload your firearm and handle the firearm, I think you can make a very valid argument that it is safer, that if you're not messing around with your gun all the time, and that is kind of the tack that they took, that look, accidental discharges happen. They had some police officers come and they testified, a couple of guys that were former, but a couple of guys that were talking about, hey, if you go and look into where, th- where these guys are supposed to administratively unload their gun. There's bullet holes. There's, you know, there's things that have gone off. In fact, I had a friend of mine who worked for, who did he work for? I think uh, for Gilbert, town of Gilbert. They, when they went in, what they had to do, which I thought was idiotic, they had to, when they would go in for briefings, and now they may have changed it. This was years ago. They had a, uh, a 55-gallon drum that was kind of up on this uh, little stand type deal and it was full of sand. And what you had to do is you would go in, you would take your gun and you would take your magazine out, take the round that's in the chamber out. He said, what happened to him was is his hand went in the, in the process of doing that. He kind of, he fumbled and his hand bloop, went and just boom and he shot into the barrel. And he said that it wasn't just him that would do it; that that happened, you know, pretty much on the regular. Uh, and he—I don't even think he got written up for it. I think the sergeant yelled at him or whatever. But I mean, you know, the, again, he wasn't—it wasn't—he wasn't the first guy to do it, and he wasn't the last guy to do it. Uh, and like I said, I don't know; I don't understand really the thought process behind that. I don't understand it. Supposedly these are the people that we're trusting to go out and interact with the public and do, and, and do, and they do that with, you know, a loaded firearm. They're not going to go out there and do that uh, with an empty, with a round, not in the chamber, that type of thing. So I don't understand why at briefing they would do that. Uh, If, if we have anybody that, if you know anybody that works for the, uh, as a police officer, and they are still doing that, let me know. I'd be interested, you know, if they, if they do that kind of stuff, I don't know unless, you know, probably unless you're a cop and are working there, I don't know the incident of basically negligent discharges at that, at that point. But uh, anyway, getting back to the thing, I think that you, again, you have a valid argument of that gun, if it's in a holster or if it's in your console, you know, again, in a holster with a trigger guard covered, all that stuff, it's not just going to go off. Uh, no modern, no modern firearm is going to do that. So, all right, guys, I am arriving at my destination. I tell you what, give me your thoughts on what's going on. Let me know what's going on legislatively in your neck of the woods. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, you know what? One last thing. And I just remembered this and I will, uh, I'll, I've got a couple more minutes here before I got to go in. So, I did get an email from Thomas out in Oregon and I was happy to hear from him. So thanks for writing in Thomas. And he was talking about a couple of things, but he was had made mention that he used to have an LCP and he traded that thing in and that, uh, I had the car and he was saying, well, that the car is probably maybe a little thinner and and maybe a touch smaller than the LCP two, which is what I want. And, I wrote back and I was like, yeah, I, you know, I, he's probably right that it is maybe a little bit thinner, but that LCP two, I think is lighter. Uh, again, there are things about it that I like, I think a little bit better than the car. So, and, uh, again, it's just a matter of me wanting to get a, a as good a deal. I may go ahead and kind of bite the bullet. I may also, well, I need to put my, my, uh, car p380 back up for sale again i just been dragging my feet on it so probably in a couple of weeks i'll be able to get that done but he was talking about that out in oregon that you're they're starting to see a lot of kind of that californication is coming over because a lot of people are fleeing california because they're being taxed too high and if they can they're leaving california and they're coming over to an area especially if you're going into the more populated areas that are, that are still more liberal. It's, it's funny, you know, when you, we talk about that, like, well, why would they, they're leaving here because they're getting taxed, but they still believe in some of the social programs. It's not. And so that's why they bring some of those politics there with them. And so I can, on a, on a, on one, on an intellectual level, I guess I can sort of see the disconnect you know, especially if you tie it in with a little bit more of the emotional aspect and the feel good aspect of, oh, I want all these social programs, this, that, and the other thing. And right now, you know, in Oregon or or in Washington, where I'm going to go, that is not, the tax rate isn't that high yet. Again, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, this probably isn't that much of a subject for this particular show, but, uh, Anyway, I wanted to say thanks uh Thomas for sending that stuff in and uh, I do like I said I do plan on getting that l c p two and I may just go ahead and bite the bullet and and uh try and find one that comes with some some maybe a couple extra mags or something like that even if I pay a little bit higher price for it and I had something else I was thinking about and it has kind of scampered out of my little brain here well i'll i'll uh let me give you the uh contact info so if you want to call in there is the voicemail which is 206 if you want to write an email or if you want to record your own audio and i will happily play that for you on the show it's firearmscafe at protonmail.com all one word firearmscafe at protonmail.com all right my friends i will talk to you next time
1: Get home. Black coffee, I'm still so dizzy, Black coffee, please get dizzy, Oh, 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 black coffee, I'm, I'm in trouble, I'm so dizzy, please get dizzy, man, 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 am I'm in trouble, I'm so shitty, It's am so Oh, I'm oh, oh, oh. I'm not gonna get home.